and welcome to another edition of the Royal Ramble on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Today is a special one because I am joined by a loyal listener of the show and one of my good friends, Narubin, uh, who not only attended SummerSlam live in Detroit last week, but will also be attending the all-in pay-per-view that AEW is putting on in Wembley a couple, uh, next week, actually, or a couple weeks from now. Um, Narubin, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm busy week, busy week working, and, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, I'm glad I got to go to SummerSlam last week in Detroit. Yeah, so speaking of that, let's let's chat about that. Uh, well, first of all, uh, before we get into the SummerSlam talk, I wanted to ask what actually, because you also attended All Out, of course, or not All Out, Forbidden Door, a couple months ago. That was in Toronto. That was in our home base, so that's understandable. But then you also bought tickets to SummerSlam in Detroit and also All In in London. What prompted that decision? Uh, to be honest, it's the summer of wrestling, man. It's the summer of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't going to go on my own uh, volition, if I'm being transparent here. My, uh, my friends wanted to go. My buddies wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by that same token, I have been following the product, right? And, right. Uh, and and you know the I'm I'm an a, I'm an AEW stand like I'm I'm gonna put it out there I am an AEW stand, mm-hmm. but this Bloodline story probably is the best story going on in wrestling right now. Right, probably the best in the last twenty years. Yeah, like I've seen a lot of posts recently. A lot of people have seemed to be bored with it, but I like that it's it like they've kind of maintained um, the the aura so to speak like it's it's still very compelling to me and and i like that they um there's always a new development at the end of every pay-per-view so it's not like uh it's like a repetitive um i find that there's something new to take us in a new direction for the next show which i always like and and i and i appreciate the efforts of paul levesque in that regard what did you think um when you were now you obviously visited Detroit. Was this your first time in the city, or what did you think of it as, in general, first of all, and also as a wrestling city? So, I thought Detroit was great. You know, like, obviously, you know, there is some issues apparent when you when you go inside the city, mm-hmm. uh, but the city itself was, like, the downtown was, like, super clean, culture, a lot of stuff to do, a lot of great food. Uh, no, it was great, it was great, and, uh, no, the wrestling fans pretty much took over Detroit. The funny mm-hmm. thing, uh, two things actually. Sure. Um, we got a uh, security, we got a border border guard there was that asked way too many questions, mm-hmm. held up the line, and he himself was a wrestling fan, but he himself was asking too many unnecessary <laughs> questions. Who's your, uh, where, where are you going for? Who's your favorite wrestler? Who's your favorite, who, who's your favorite wrestler? Who's your, asked all three of us. <laughs> I was like, who do you think is going to win? And I'm just like, I don't know why you're asking 20 questions for, but 
But um, no, we went into downtown and it was great. Someone started saying yeah, mm-hmm. and then me and my buddies just kept saying yeah, like throughout like downtown Detroit. And then some people responded, some people didn't, and it was, but it was great. It was great, and uh, there was a pop. It was actually a pop up show, pop up store. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I didn't buy anything because just I don't know if I was in a wear wear WWE wear while walking around town, so I didn't buy anything. Uh, but the funny thing is, we did see Logan Paul doing a video. Yeah, shoot. I saw that video you posted. Yeah. Yeah, that was so that, was, that was excellent. Um, no, so I listened to the, uh, before recording the show, I listened to the post wrestling, um, recap of SummerSlam and they mentioned, they also went to SummerSlam live, John and way. And they mm-hmm. also mentioned that there was like a, one of those preachers on the street, uh, you know, one of those ty- types of guys that like preaches like Jesus is Jesus is the best, like, you know, like one of those like heavy religious preachers, um, did you, and they, they also mentioned that ever, after every, almost every sentence this guy was preaching, the people around him were just going, doing the yeah chants. Were, were you, were you around when that happened? No, but if I was, I would be joining in with them. So. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. So tell me a little about some of your activities leading up to that event. Like, did you, were you able to enjoy the city, uh, the rest of the city and like from a non-wrestling uh, fan viewpoint? Yeah, yeah. We went to, uh, we had like some Coney Island, Detroit, it's a Detroit signature dish called the Coney Island hot dog. So we had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wa- we traveled around for a little bit, you know, bought some beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we chilled out for a little bit and then, you know, we came, we came right to the arena. And the arena is—it's—it's it's it's that's not an arena actually. It's a stadium. Mm-hmm. The stadium actually is right in the middle of downtown Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, the Ford Field. So you know, just going there was pretty cool. Um, just walking through downtown and right to the arena, and it was just like a lot of activity because there's a whole bunch of other stuff going down there. Madonna was playing there. I think uh, uh, their, their football team. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Detroit Tigers was playing, well, at least the next day, at least. So right. a lot of stuff going on there. I know it was really cool. So getting into the show, uh, it started. There was nothing really to the uh, the kickoff show, and I still don't know why they do them if there's no match or anything. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just to to kill time while the fans are filing into the arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there really wasn't much to it. Um, it started. The main card uh, started with the Lo- the uh, Logan Paul fight or match against uh, Ricochet. And I'm not surprised particularly that this match kicked off the shows and considering the fight, the big fight that was happening that night, uh, Logan's brother, Jake against Nate Diaz. Uh, did, are you, uh, are you much of a boxing fan? Did you catch any of that fight? I didn't catch much of that fight, but I did like see like some of the highlights and like, uh, you know, some of like the lead up to, to that event. Given this match, uh, I, I know why they booked this match. Of, of course, following their their great spot at the Royal Rumble uh, this year, uh, did you think that anything in this match was particularly highlight worthy? Yeah, I guess in a way with all the spots they did, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, both of them have done better spots in the past, right? Uh, but I mean, just given what they can do naturally, yeah, some of it was a highlight, but. But I mean, it wasn't really like a like a spot fest, like something like where the Young Bucks or or what anyone else, what are the other high flyers on an AEW do, is pretty much structured. 
mm-hmm. like a like like a wrestling match. It was called called like a wrestling match. Yeah. Um, like I, I thought Logan Paul did an excellent job, uh, personally yeah. of playing to the crowd. Like he's, this guy is a, as such a natural heel, uh, and he's probably one of the most charismatic characters, probably more than any other talent in WWE right now. Um, I think he's definitely earned his spot and, and hopefully this elevates Ricochet to the point where he needs to be. Um, but I was kind of hoping that there was more of a highlight package, uh, to kind of emphasize Ricochet as like a more mainstream attraction. Um, so then we led into the Brock versus Cody match. That was second, second, the second match in. Um, what did you think of the placement of this match on the card? Um, now that I think about it, I think it was placed fine. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was placed fine. I think this match, to be honest, I think this match would have been the opener if it hadn't been for uh, Logan Paul. Yeah. Uh, so I can see why they placed it second. Um, no, like uh, I think this was my match of the night. Yeah. Definitely my match of the night, and uh, couldn't have could have been a double like a main event, like a double main event, perhaps, mm-hmm. possibly maybe before before uh, Roman. But then being what transpired in, in the women's match, I can understand mm-hmm. why they wanted to have that. That was the second last match, right? The women's match. The triple the threat. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, no, I can understand why they wanted to have that, the, se- the second last match. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just juggling certain things, and and I think just originally, I think this match would have been the first one, but it was second, and, and it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. Uh, I think it, it's definitely what the doctor need, what the doctor ordered to, to repair the fragile state of Brock Lesnar's character, because I think I, I found him very stale lately. Uh, he hasn't really had a strong enough match, and I think this is just what he needed. Um, it was very, like, the storytelling in this is this match was excellent. I know a lot of oh, people yeah. might disagree, but I thought they both, they high, they did a great job of highlighting both guys. Um, now, get, having said that, of course, Cody won the match clean, so I'm assuming this program is now over. Where do you go from here? What do you do with either guy? I mean, Brock is going to go back into hibernation. And mm-hmm. Cody, like, I mean, what do you do with Cody? Um, who could you possibly, who could he possibly feud against? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think maybe putting him in a tag program for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. probably, probably was probably the call. But, uh, like, I don't know. It's because now that Cody has beat Brock, right, he's, like, pretty much, like, the second or third guy in the company mm-hmm. right it'd be it'd be roman first Seth second and, and cody third right right like my opinion so i don't know like who who in that hierarchy below would face cody yeah it'll be interesting it looks like they did yeah. kind of start something on raw this week with him and judgment day but i think i i honestly think that's kind of a step backwards for him um not to say that judgment day isn't isn't one of the top attractions on Raw, but I just feel like Cody should be going after the title at this point, and there needs to be a reasonable excuse why he isn't. Um, and I don't think that I don't think they created anything um, in storyline that is kind of compelling enough uh, to to put him in a program against any of them. Um, with I, I think it it's fair to say like he could technically like he doesn't have to work every show. I don't think. So they do have a bit of time. They can maybe have like a TV program with somebody of that caliber 
and then maybe build his way up to a to a top uh, top level opponent like a Roman or a Seth. Maybe I just put him in like a tag right now, or kind of like a, kind of like a, a faction. You know, put him in like a, put him in with a group of people. Doesn't maybe have to be a faction, but maybe in a group of people who are warring against like Judgment Day or any other uh, some of the other factions. <laughs> so then we had the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Uh, there was it, it really kind of bothered me that there was nothing at stake in this match. Uh, not even like a lifetime supply of Slim Jims or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think anyone, was there any chance that anyone but LA Knight would win? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like people, were, people were saying yeah throughout the entire day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people were just yelling his name like before, before the show even started. Um, so anyone other than LA Knight would have been stupid. I think in their head, I had a feeling they wanted Omos to win. Right. Just, just with the way he was presented in this. But no, it's it was LA Knight, and you know they had to give him something, right? right. Otherwise, like otherwise, the people would be pissed, right? And and the whole point of this SummerSlam Battle Royal was pretty much to get everybody who wasn't on the card originally to at least have the spotlight. Yeah. So, no, I understand its purpose, and, you know, but at the same time, too, it's like, okay, like, anyone other than LA Knight winning would have been, mm-hmm. like, stupid. I, I did kind of appreciate the effort, too, in advancing certain yeah. storylines and, and maybe yeah. creating new ones as well. Like, they did some stuff with AJ Styles and Karrion Cross to continue their feud. They did they continued the rivalry between Theory and Santos. Uh, so there, there was little things thrown in there that kind of like advanced uh, storylines, which I think battle royals is what battle royals should be designed to do. Uh, so from there, and of course, <laughs> then we move to the the match that I don't think anybody was looking forward to, and that was Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. Did this match confuse you at all, or any of the live audience? So for I knew what was going to happen, so I went to the washroom. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, it was over. And then I saw the highlights. I saw the highlights at home. And then after a minute or like after a minute, I just shut it off because yeah. it was just. I mean, like I mean, Veranda has been phoning it in for some quite some time now. Um, and uh, you know, she went out like a wet fart. Like this is her last match, right? Yeah, yeah this is her last match, and she went out like a wet fart. And. Uh, such a shame, really, because so you know everyone had so, so many high hopes for her, yeah. like possibly the female version of Brock Lesnar, and nothing, nothing about her is believable or, or or authentic at all, from her promos to her ring work to everything, and right. kind of a shame, really, really, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, and I and so here are my thoughts on this. Like, yeah. firstly, I think had they not announced that this was going to be an MMA match, it would have been much more compelling and much better. Yeah. But the fact that they that nobody bought the idea that this was a legit fight, mm-hmm. even the competitors involved, and it showed. Like, I think they tried to like convince the audience that it was a fight, but it was like obviously a worked fight which doesn't quite gel in the modern-day professional wrestling. Um, And I think had this been booked as a regular match, it would have been much better, and they could have worked to work, they could have 
performed in a work style and it would have been believable but this just was this just didn't click and it was just like it seemed like something that you do with your friends behind like the portables or something like fake fighting yeah exactly exactly and uh, i know like in the past i'm not sure what the name is but wwe like wwe had something like a blood sport mm-hmm. i don't know what it was called was like, the do you remember fight, the name fight pit match is that what you're yeah, talking about yeah a fight pit match yeah, yeah. they should they should have just did, did that yeah it was a fight pit match mm-hmm. so like i don't know like mma rules and and this and that it's like we'll either have a regular match or bring back the fight pit right because yeah because at least if they announced the fight pit it is a gimmick match so mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would have expected it to be a legit fight. And anybody mm-hmm. who was expecting this to be a legit fight was probably highly disappointed. I, I just found that this was very confusing. Um, and even from an, M- from an MMA standpoint, like as an MMA fan, I just found it kind of insulting. Because there were certain instances in the match where it should have been over. Like when, when Ronda, when Shayna landed that head kick to Rousey and then she kind of rolled to the outside, right there it should have been called. Or even when Ronda landed that knee, and then the and then the the uh, EM the medics went in, it should have been over right there. And the fact yeah, that it continued, like I I, I hated it. Yeah. No, it's it's like these both are trained MMA fighters, and doing that kind of thing screams to me that you know you just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know what? The next match in was for the Intercontinental title. It was Gunther mm-hmm. defending against Drew McIntyre. And this was one of the matches that I was most looking forward to. And honestly, the last match hurt my interest in this severely. And that kind of solidifies my choice for that match as the worst of the year. What did you, did you think it hurt uh, the Intercontinental title match in any way? Were you like, were you still um, invested in it? I, it didn't, but... Like, just given the level of these two, like, given the caliber of these two wrestlers, I think it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, they could have done a lot better. And I don't know. I don't know where they, what they do with Drew. Like, what do you even do with Drew at this point? Right. Or, that, like, I, I think maybe a heel turn could be in the works. Um, given that he's like he's now failed so many times at, at winning both the Intercontinental and Heavyweight titles, I think that kind of makes sense. Maybe you put him with Cody as, as a heel. That I mean, that could be a compelling program. I think. Yeah, no, no. Given like given like the similar yeah. histories, they the, had, no, no. This that could be a great program. Yeah, and the other thing is, and a lot of people forget this: these guys used to be a tag team together. That's right. Yeah, so like right. they could definitely and and since W like Triple H has done a really good job of drawing to the past. Uh, so I think like I don't think anybody remembers that, but if maybe if they play like highlight clips, this could be something that could really uh, hook fans in. Like one you when you think about it, like one guy went one way and another guy went the other way, and they're kind of like on opposite sides of the spectrum now. With Drew keeps failing and Cody keeps winning. So I kind of see, like, something developing there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the fact that uh, Drew became a champion during a time when nobody was there. Right. As mm-hmm. well. As well, so. Um, okay, so do you, and, and in terms of Gunther obviously retaining the Intercontinental title, he surpassed 
Randy Savage's title reign and just surpassed Pedro's reign. Do you think there is any chance of him not breaking Honky Tonk Man's record? Uh, no, he's gonna beat Honky Tonk Man's mm-hmm. record. I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy that that record has stood on for so long as well. <laughs> like he was not, he was definitely not the greatest <laughs> intercontinental champion. Um, no, he's gonna break it. I mean, he has to at this point. I, I just hope that they don't treat do the give him the honky tonk man treatment and have him get squashed by like somebody, uh, like a Goldberg or someone. But um, hopefully he has like I I'm I'm hoping that he has like a longer reign to like kind of like solidify that record as unbeatable. I was thinking, like if they don't do Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania 40, which I know I think they should do. Mm-hmm. But if they were to do uh, Gunther holding the title mm-hmm. to WrestleMania and then facing Roman, yeah, and then having having all those like a winner takes all the titles, mm-hmm. that that would be a great program. Yeah, I, I can I can totally see that happening. Uh, one thing that I was thinking uh, as I was listening to the post um, recap of SummerSlam mm-hmm. is that Gunther's reign as Intercontinental Champion. Is seems more breakable than Romans at this point. So I'm thinking like a guy like L.A. Knight. Obviously, like if he like age is working against him. Obviously, this guy's in his 40s now. Uh, so even if he beats Roman, it's not a long term solution. But I can definitely see him being the being the guy to beat Gunther and win the Intercontinental title. Maybe a Mania. I think you definitely need some kind of build-up towards that because, in my opinion, the Intercontinental Champion is pretty much second before the the, the, uh, Undisputed Universal title, right? I think Mm -hmm. the prestige over the past year or so has been built up so much that it's even greater than uh, than the World Heavyweight title, in my opinion. Mm Um, so with that said, we go right into the world title match. Uh, this was probably my pick for best match of the night. Uh, these guys have had a, like a couple of rocky matches here and there, but they had a lot of good chemistry in past matches. I remember a match they had on, I think it was on Raw back in 2018, that was absolutely fantastic and still stands the test of time as one of my favorite matches in recent memory. Um, but this match was great, not just from an in-ring uh, perspective, but more so from a storytelling perspective. I like the idea of Finn constantly trying to injure Seth as revenge for Seth breaking his shoulder at the previous that the previous match was at SummerSlam. And and he did that barricade bomb. I, that was a that was such a nice touch. Uh, I think there was a little too many moving pieces though, um, especially with Priest out there and then Don and Rhea. I don't think were needed. Um, what did you think of the finish uh, for this match? I think it went the way it was supposed to because, like, we, I think it's pretty much clear by now that uh, that Finn is probably going to be leaving the Judgment Day at some at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, no, I think I think the way I think the way it went down was it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that the match itself was great. Yeah, it was a little slow in the beginning, but the match itself was great and. The finish was great. The finish was great, and you know, once it, the one went, it went the way it's, it was supposed to go because, like now, it's like there's more dissension within yeah. the Judgment Day, right? And right. now, 
they get those wrinkles in those stories. What I and what I kind of liked is that either way this match went, either with either result, it still continues the to tease the tension within the Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Like if if Finn had won, there would have been like a teased cash in by Priest, mm-hmm. and now that he lost, it's like. Well, you're kind of like the loser of the group now. Like you don't have a title. Everybody else is like moving on to bigger things. So what good are you as the leader? Right. Yeah. So I think I think there could be like definite um, definite storyline progression there, and maybe leading to a priest versus Balor uh, match at some point, possibly at Mania. Maybe Finn will end up costing Priest his his cash in. Um, they could also do that. Uh, and if Priest is gonna cash in, I think it's sa- it's a safe bet that he's probably gonna cash in on Rollins. I don't I don't see him beating Reigns. Um, so that is another uh, feud that is interesting. And then they, it looks like they're they're pairing Seth now with Nakamura over on the Raw side. Um, and then the Priest and Balor continue to feud, and they're involved in a program, I guess, with Cody. Um, then that led into the second match from the top. We mentioned it earlier: the triple threat. Uh, for the uh, women's title over on SmackDown. Um, Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair challenging Asuka. Um, what did, now, they did this injury angle with Bianca during the match. Did Just speaking from a live fan's perspective, did you think that that was legit? Yeah, we, we thought it was legit for a second. Like, the whole arena did, the whole stadium did, rather. Mm-hmm. Like, we, uh, we thought it was legit. And as soon as you guys learned that it wasn't, obviously, with Bianca doing these... Di- like, first of all, I don't think she should have been doing, like, 450 splashes or anything like that with an injured yeah. knee. But given that the way that it went down, and, and did were you almost immediately expecting a cash-in? I mean, I knew the cash-in was going to happen. I, I, I just... When that happened, I just wasn't sure mm-hmm. uh, if that was the moment. Uh, because you know we're all kind of concerned for Bianca. Or they will, like, is she okay? Is this like a shoot? Like what's going on here? And then we thought it was a shoot for a good couple of minutes, but then you know, she came back and you know match continued, right? And then at some point I was like, okay, well I guess the cash is going to happen at some point now. <laughs> yeah, and and again, just going back to what I was saying about Triple H yeah. focusing more on storytelling, compelling stories, and also uh, long term booking. I think there's something to be told there as well with EO and, ba- and Bailey now, and especially with Dakota coming back. They could possibly lead to a triple threat maybe at Mania between those three for the title. Um, I don't, I'm not too intrigued by an EO and Bianca program. I would have preferred, honestly, if EO had cashed in on Asuka. Um, but we'll see We'll see where it goes. Uh, that story is still to be told, I guess. Uh, I, don't th- I can't remember. I don't think Bianca was on SmackDown this week. I don't think they did much with that to progress that angle. Yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, I remember watching it. She, was, she wasn't yeah. on there. But, um, no, it was a great moment, um, especially with, you know, just, like, EO winning because, you know, she's probably, she is one of the best like, female wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she, to kind of, kind of get that title, it was, it was great. It was awesome. It was mm-hmm. an awesome moment. Yeah, and I, and I prefer these cash-ins where the, the cash-in actually makes sense. And it, and it also progresses a storyline, which I think is what both briefcases are now being used for. I was honestly ready to write Money in the Bank off as the worst gimmick in recent years. Because uh, in, in recent years, it's just been like a random person winning and a random cash-in, and then they lose like the next month. Right. 
Um, but this time, there's at least a storyline attached to it. Uh, so the main event uh, we had that closed the show, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in what was called the Tribal Combat, had pretty much the same outcome that I was expecting. I think I called that in the in the group chat, in the group on the board. Um, do you buy Jey Uso as a main event guy currently? And what do you think of also uh, them breaking up the team of the Usos? To be honest, I don't think he is, but like he's nearly there. Like he's he's like... He's like 90% of the way there mm -hmm. to being a main event guy. Yeah. Um, you know, his wrestling skills are great. Promos are great. It's just he needs that 10% to kind of make it there. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, no, I uh, I think this was um, just based on... Because this, this Bloodline story is like it is impressively layered. Like, there's so yeah. many layers to it. So mm -hmm. I know... Like most people did not did not like the finish, but me personally, it, it made total sense. A hundred percent. It made absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just like if you like look at like the story beats and the many different layers, makes total sense. And then the reasoning that uh, that Jimmy gave, um, that was the reason I was expecting. Like mm -hmm. I knew that was what he was gonna say. Right. So I don't like no, it was um no, it was a it was it was a great match. The only issue I had with this match and then my friends also had this uh, and then also with many people in the, the stadium was that this was the last match this this was a long pay-per-view and mm -hmm. then most of the arena were, were fading in and out yeah. and uh, it wasn't it wasn't a problem on Roman or, 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 or Jay they were great it was just it was just too long yeah the event was too long and you know I was fading in and out just kind of watching this match yeah, I, I agree with that. And and going back to what I was saying about Jey Uso, I kind of agree. Yeah, he is kind of 90% of the way there. Yeah. But given the way, like, given the time that he spent at the, at or near the main event level attached to this Bloodline storyline, mm -hmm. you would think that he would be on a level of someone like L.A. Knight by now. Mm -hmm. Whereas L.A. Knight, in the little time that he's been pushed, has quickly surpassed both Usos as that next tier talent um, with, with the Uso, like, I don't get it. Cause I think Jay is far and away superior to LA Knight. LA Knight may be a much better promo, but as an overall package, I think Jay is much better um, yes. in the ring anyway. Uh, so that said, that kind of wraps up SummerSlam. And then moving forward, we have the all in pay-per-view that is in a couple of weeks. In at Wembley Stadium, London, England. A few of the matches have already been announced. What are you, uh, of the matches announced, what are you most looking forward to in heading into that show? Yeah, definitely, definitely MJF and, and Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. um, because I was, I was a little bit nervous because they, they, they did do this match before, albeit in like an eliminator match. Yeah. But because of the story and, you know, because of what they're bringing to it and, and all this, this, this match, like especially in the weeks counting down, is making it like feel like a big deal, like a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And and I think AEW has done like a great job in, in to like you know just making it feel like a big deal match. Yeah, like it, it does feel like they had. I remember they had a really good TV match a couple months ago. Um, I'm kind of confused as to where this storyline is going, especially with Roderick Strong being involved. I think there might be kind of kind of a swerve where Strong ends up costing Cole the match and then aligns with MGF. 
Um, but if that happens, like if MJF pulls this swerve on Cole, it kind of makes Cole just look like a dumb baby face. Yeah, no, I think um, I think the I think how it should be played out is is Cole runs a swerve on MJF, mm-hmm. and I think if they can bring out bring out Bobby Fish, bring out Kyle yeah. O'Reilly for this. Right, bring out Carlo O'Reilly. Bring out the kingdom. Bring out the kingdom. Bring out everybody from uh, Cole's past, and then mm-hmm. have have Cole backstab MJF and win the title. Mm-hmm. Right, because what this does is that actually makes that actually turns MJF onto a darker path and makes them even a more vicious heel. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, no, like the Cole turn is the way to go, and. Have uh, have Cole be champion for for a couple of months or so with the mega faction and see where see where it goes from there. So just before we end for another week, uh, we have a couple minutes left. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole. Not only will they face each other one on one, what do you think about them also challenging for the ROH tag titles against Aussie Open? I think it's great because now at that point you can introduce some wrinkles into their story, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Pat Cole does something, right? Or MJF does something in the match. And, you know, they end up, one of them ends up costing costing their opportunity to to win the ROH titles. Mm-hmm. And then they can use that kind of uh, tension uh, in, 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 in the main event. And Kenny Omega also teased an announcement this coming week regarding his status for All In. Are we getting Omega versus Osprey three? Do you think? Uh, I'm not confident. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident. Uh, they should. They should, and given what Osprey did with uh, renaming the the U.S. title to the U.K. title, I think he will be at Wembley. But I don't know if it will be against Kenny. Mm-hmm. How I would have done it is I would have had Osprey versus Omega at the, at the at Wembley, and after Osprey wins, he brings out the UK title and presents it to everybody. Rather than presenting it to everybody at the conference, he should have just presented that title at at Wembley, and that should have been yeah, that, that could have that should have been like a double main event. But like I'm, I'm not too confident. Osprey against Jericho, I don't know. Like I don't really like. It would be a great it would be a great match, but like it doesn't really have kind of the gravitas that Osprey and and, and uh, Omega would have. Okay, so that does it for another week. Yeah. This is the Royal Ramble. Thank you, New Ruben, for joining me, and we'll see you next week. ABC ya. Yeah.